So, hello everybody. Uh, this is Juan Carlos and welcome to OCR and Editor, where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people from the OCR community for unscripted and unedited conversations. Today I have the honor of speaking with a teacher, mother of three, runner, ultra runner, trail runner, marathoner, OCR athlete, former Spartan Pro team member, and master elite athlete, Cynthia Naro. That's, uh, that's a lot of titles. That was a lot, man. You made shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to OCR and Edited, Cynthia. It is truly a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for making time to speak with me today. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Juan Carlos. This is, this is going to be fun. Oh. <laughs> don't, mind if, don't mind if I have some more fun. No, go right ahead. Bring out the All bottle right. if you like. So before we get started, um, let me mention a few performance highlights of yours uh, from your race career. And uh, it, it, I really want people to get a good understanding in, of how talented you are, Cynthia. So let's go back to 20, 2015, OCRWC in Ohio, third in your age group. Oh, so 20, much. 2017. Oh, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, okay. So 2017, Spurn Ultra Beast race in Stoneham. You won that. 2017 OCR World Championships at Blue Mountain, age group win. 2018, um, this is not OCR related, but you did Sulphur Springs 100 mile trail race. You were the first female to cross that, which we'll be talking about as well. Okay. And 2017, 2018, you were selected to be part of the Spartan Pro Team Canada. So those are some amazing highlights. Now, yeah. First question that everybody wants to know, I want to know is, who is Cynthia Campanaro? Please tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> you sound like a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> who am I? 48-year-old uh, mom of three. You mentioned the, the, the children, not the age. So sometimes I feel old, but most of the time I don't. Um, I'm from Nova Scotia, which some know, um, and grew up in a really active family, um, like hockey, curling, kind of East Coast sports. Um, and then, uh, and I was active in a lot of different sports, but never really spent too, too much time in one thing to become awesome at one thing. Um, and, um, and then I guess like the biggest thing that kind of gave me a trajectory for, for racing was uh, I started running uh, when I was 20. So 28 years ago, because my mom and dad were doing a race. I'm like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and I went and signed up for this race, like literally the morning of knowing about it. Um, because when you're young, you think like whatever your parents can do, you can certainly do. Um, it was a uh, an 8k race in my hometown in in Nova Scotia in Westville and uh, my dad ran with me side by side and uh, I came last so that was really humbling and I just I remember having that thought process like that was fun except I'm never coming last again I'm gonna start training to do this stuff and uh, yeah so 20. 28 years ago, uh, I've done a lot of racing since then, and a lot of training since then. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I teach here in Hamilton, uh, phys ed teacher, and I really believe in 
kind of, you know, walk in the walk and talk in the talk, like being that model for the kids to be active every day and live that, uh, that lifestyle too. Oh, that is truly awesome. Now, how did you discover OCR? Oof, that's a story too. Uh, <laughs> so one of my university uh, uh, really good classmates, uh, I think she messaged me maybe on Facebook uh, in like 2012. And I graduated, like let's kind of keep it in context. I graduated university in 1995. So I hadn't uh, really been in, in touch with this woman. But anyway, she messaged me and said, hey, my friends and I are doing this race and we need to create a team. And do you want to be on our team? And I, and the first thing I said was, yes, what are we doing? <laughs> and so she said, we're doing Spartan, um, the Spartan race. I'm like, okay, what's that? <laughs> and so, uh, honestly I joined, I was going to get a team race. I don't even know what time our heat went. It was my bestie who's here today, um, came with me and she, I uh, remembered uh, seeing all of the, the fun I had in the mud. Um, it was back in the early days of Spartan, Ontario. So what was that ski hill? Um, or it wasn't a ski hill, actually. It was like that mountain, like the biking uh, place. Um, oh, shoot. They were really good. The one in Barry? Home, not Duntroon. Not Duntroon. Um, Cedar. No, wait, now. Nordic Highland. No. Anyway, I don't remember. I can't remember now. I know they do a lot of um, mountain bike racing there. Um, but anyway, it, uh, I had never done anything like it. And in fact, if I'm truthful, I, I'm like the shittiest teammate you could ever have because right, seriously, right out of the gate, I said, well, before we went to the, go to the starting corral, I said, okay, so I've, I've done some research and everyone told me to uh, make sure we start at the front because otherwise you get bottlenecked, right? At the obstacles. That's right. And this group of women were just like, in fact, the girl, my classmate, it was her, her honeymoon. She had just married her partner and oh. they were there on their honeymoon with all their friends. And here I am added in the mix. And they're like, no, no, we're okay. We'll be at the back. And I'm like, why would we go at the back? What? <laughs> so she just, Carla, God love her. She just said, Cynthia, you know what? You go, you go at the front. I'm like, no, but we're a team. She's like, yeah, but we're not, we're not going to go fast. And we're we're going to go fast. So I literally, like I left my team and I went at the start of the, of the corral or whatever, the wave. And um, I had the best time, probably the most memorable, like crazy thing I've done that was like an unknown. Yeah. I had so much fun because it's a race. So there's a clock. Yeah. So I know how to do that, right? I've had, I had had a few years of road racing experience. But then there's all this other stuff, like, sure, crawl under this barbed wire through the mud. And yeah. if there was not a race, if there was not a finish line, I was that person, I'm like, mm, I wouldn't do that. But like, no, there's a mission. There's a purpose for me to go through that because I get to the finish line. So I did everything. I remember being on top of the A-frame and I'm terrified of heights. And I'm on top of this A-frame going, what am I doing? But I was like, okay, finish line, get to the finish line. Anyway, I had a really, really good experience. Um, I am a little bit grateful that I did go ahead because I just, I got to run hard and I got to do all these crazy things with my body that I'd never done before. Um, and my team was like, they finished maybe 
40 minutes to an hour after I did. So they took their time and they played and, and um, it, I, I always attribute my love of OCR um, to her because she got me in it, right? So that is it, was, awesome. uh, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. That is a great uh, story of, from your first OCR race. Now, Cynthia, you were part of the first OCR World Championships in Ohio in 2015. Um, how was that experience? So that was the second, I think the second official year of OCR Worlds. Um, I, do, I didn't go the year before, but um, OCR Worlds Ohio in, in its second year is when I went down. And I went down, of course, with a group of our good friends from the old alpha days. And, uh, you know, Megan and Sylvie and just... Todd and Ange. And Ange and, and uh, Renee and Jesse and... Oh, yeah. Oh, it was like so certainly have you been to that venue in ohio i didn't go to ohio at all what a gem because it's like a permanent structure right it's a permanent place for um just really really cool terrain to run on um this massive wall of of dirt with like ropes that you have to climb up that's when they had the um the slide that went down the hill uh, the water slide oh. Like, but that's the thing about OCR, right? There's all these things that I would totally fear and probably say, nah, if you said, go do that one thing. But when you put them, you string them all together with a start line and a finish line bookending it. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm all in, even though I don't like heights and I hate water slides and, you know, it's incredible. So that, that was a really, really cool experience. Um, I was there to watch the men's elite heat go through the rig, which was um, was frost covered. It was so cold that morning. Um, you know, guys were just like falling. And, and, and who was it that year? The Spartan Ch World Championship. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm going to forget its name, and I feel really bad. Um, the guy that's in the military. Ian? Oh, um, no, Spartan? Like, USA. USA uh, Spartan. Oh, Robert Killian? Killian, yes. I was thinking if I said Killian, the only Killian I know now in my head is Killian Jornet, and it's not—it's not the ultra runner. Yes, Killian, Robert Killian, yeah. and I watched him like literally crumble on this on this uh, on the rig because it was so friggin' hard, and he kept failing, and they were freezing, and he was like almost hypothermic. It was crazy, and, and I'm like watching this going. I have to do this. My start time is like in another hour or whatever. Like, oh my God, how, if, if these guys, if, you know, if I'm watching Jesse and Jesse struggles in one moment, or Jesse Bruce. Of course. Like, how, how am I going to do it then? Like little, yeah. little old me, but, um, but that's the cool thing of it. You know, sun comes out, warms up the obstacle. You have a little bit more preparedness and, uh, you know, it was, that was, that was a really awesome experience. Yeah, you know what? You guys are lucky. Whoever attended that uh, World Championships in Ohio, you guys are lucky. I wasn't able to go. Uh, I missed out on that. But, you know, I think Blue Mountain is the best experience for a lot of OCRs. And it's something that a lot of people talk about, a lot of people miss. And I asked Adrian, are you ever going to bring it back? Because that was the best. Oh, fingers uh, crossed. Oh. <laughs> And so he is thinking about it, but he also wants to um, expand and, uh, you know, I guess branch out elsewhere, um, you know, to other places that he's uh, got in mind. So 
we'll see what happens. I do hope it yeah. comes back. Now. Yeah, that that's, I mean, so there's a, there's a big difference, right? Ohio was, was really cool because of the, like just the, the terrain and the fact that that's kind of like an existing obstacle course, but there was no sense of, of that um, community, like Blue Mountain, the village. I mean, it was about as close to uh, an Olympic kind of feeling, right? That I, I assume that we will ever get. And, um, and after the fact, I talked to, uh, just ran into people in my life since Blue Mountain who either have like, you know, a timeshare there or whatever, who spoke yeah. up like, oh yeah, there was this thing going on. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you about that thing. Like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of attention brought to that, not just through like OCR people, just, you know, it was really super cool. Oh, best experience of my life. Now, in 2017, two things happened. And I was a part of it and I witnessed one, Spartan Canada Ultra Beast Race. Um, I was there at that race. You passed. Me. This is me. Uh, I was struggling with my running. And I remember you passed me. But you won. You won that race. And so how did it feel to win that? It felt so good. <laughs> um, I mean, every win feels good, obviously. Um, but as I'm sure we'll talk about, it's sometimes when you, when you fail that you learn more about yourself. Um, but that particular race, uh, so that was my second Ultra Beast. Um, and I had had, I mean, coming into OCR, I had already done a lot of, of marathons and that distance, never anything more. But um, I'm, I, I mean, I knew right away, like I'm not a sprinter and, and the sprint distance, out of, you know, that's hard. Um, there's no room for, for any type of failure there. The super was kind of a good one, but I'd like to beast and so my first ultra beast i took on was um owl's head yeah. the year before and i approached owl's head from a uh survive standpoint like just just finish right make the cutoff cross the finish line and and that's what i did i was very I played it really safe and i i walked i had no idea i took so long in the transition i had no idea you know i just wanted to make sure i was going to finish and I did. So when the next year, having had that experience and having had a bit more ultra experience in my legs, knowing what my body could be, could do, um, I went in with the intent to race that race, you know, no matter how long it would end up being, no matter how many obstacles I was intent on pushing. Um, and when my body wanted to pull back, I wanted my head to my brain to keep pushing me through. So, um, that the nice part of an ultra beast is because there's two loops, you sort of know where you are, um, you know, in the standings after the first one. So I came into the, the transition area alone and um, in first place and thought, okay, I know exactly what's ahead of me for the second loop. I felt great. I refueled. Yeah. And when I was heading out, the two women that were behind me were coming in. Um, so then that was kind of fun because I thought, you know, well, what if they don't transition long? What if they see me and they go, oh, she's right there, let's go. So I, I liked that, I love being chased. So I hate chasing, but I love being chased. So um, yeah, I pushed really hard and, and uh, I love I love that race. I remember certain parts of that hill where you're climbing and it's of course just these all these stones, right? And everyone's talking about like the terrain and I was just being like cheeky and I said, um, <laughs> 
that I hadn't seen one pig anywhere. And I remember someone saying like, what? Why would there be pigs? I'm like, well, it's stone ham. And, and, uh, to me, that was funny in my, in my, maybe my delusion, I don't know. But uh, after so many hours, you know, you, your brain goes a little weird. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I sing, I have fun and talking to other people on the course. Um, that group, especially when, when they hear you're coming up behind them and you're doing the ultra and they're still out there doing the beast. And I'm like looking at them going, damn, like you are killing this hill. And they're like, girl, you're on your second loop. I go, yeah, but still like, look at you. Like it was just, it was, it's the camaraderie is just amazing in yeah. OCR. And, oh, yeah. and, um, yeah, that was definitely a memorable race for me. Now on the, in that same year. Uh, a second highlight of yours was at the OCR World Championships at Blue Mountain. And you, uh, yeah, you won your age group. How was that feeling now? Oh, that might have been my sweetest finish. The poor MC, the announcer, must remember because I jumped on him. Like, I have pictures. Uh, don't show my husband. I like launched and wrapped my legs and my arms. Like imagine someone in the crowd's going, Oh my God, look, it's your husband. <laughs> um, so like I have to, and I know I talk a lot and I'm sorry, but there's, there's a story behind that feeling and that finish line. And it's because the year before, so I went to blue mountain that, that the first year we had it at blue mountain. Yes. Um, and I had, a, had had a really good race season and I was feeling good. And, uh, but I knew the warp wall was there and I'm not, I don't have a big vertical. Um, the warp wall terrifies me. The, remember the old alpha warp wall? Like, yes. I don't even, I can't even say I actually made that. Maybe once, I don't even know. My memory is always about my fails, right? Like falling and falling and falling. So when I went, I was doing um, some preparation work for the OCR World at Blue, and I went to a training center in Milton, I think, that had a warp wall, an indoor gym. Yeah. Um, and actually, Sylvie from, uh, from One Academy at that time was, was with me for the day. She came up for the afternoon, and we're playing around. And I think it was a maybe 12 foot wall. So the one at Worlds was gonna be 15 feet. So even this one with indoor facility was not gonna be what, you know, I needed to do more. And I was getting it, getting it, getting it. And then, and this is 10 days out from Worlds. And I came, I went up and I just missed my grab. So I turned to run back down and I hit the floor, which was carpet, but my foot stuck for some reason that one time. And I rolled my ankle. No big deal, you rolled your, but I, I felt enough in my ankle. I felt enough sensation to know uh, that's not good. That's not like a little like, ow, I'll be fine in five minutes. So sure enough, um, I had a second degree ankle sprain. Um, I didn't touch, I didn't run uh, until I was on the start line for that race at Blue Mountain. Like so many people said, oh my God, like that's too bad. You know, you're, uh, you're limping around. You're not going to be able to do your, your race. I'm like, oh no, I'm going. I just don't know how well I'll do, but I'm going. I mean, how do you not go to Worlds in Canada, right? In your home province. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I so I went that year <laughs> and I taped my ankle and I braced my ankle 
the first obstacle, do you remember what it was? It was the same both years. It was hurdles. Yeah, exactly. It was those. I hated them. Those low walls. So yeah. right away, I have to test my ankle on these jumps. And it didn't feel great, but I'm like, okay. And honestly, one, when I got to, so I just kind of kept it really stable, like they're steady. I wasn't taking any chances. Um, it hurt to run on it, but I let it go. But when I got to the warp wall, I remember thinking like, okay, here it is. It's here. And all these people are there and they're li like, they're not even lined up. They're all grouped together. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like the warp wall, if you remember, was really wide. You could have probably 10 people go up at the same time. It was yeah. so wide. And they were all psyching themselves up and like one person going at a time so they could cheer them on. And I, and I probably came off as a dick, but I'm just like, I'm just going to go. Because I can't think about something. If I think about it, I'm going to talk myself out of it. So I'm like, um, I'm just going to go. And they're like, okay. So I run at this wall and I'm like, okay, bitch, what do you got? <laughs> yeah. And, but I got up it the first time. I have a picture of me at the top. I'm like, like, <laughs> and then after that, so I don't know how far into the race it was, maybe halfway. It didn't matter. After that, I never felt anything in my ankle. I just ran and I, I felt amazing. And so of course, that's not the story you wanted about the win, but the year before I came fifth in my age group. Yeah. I finished the race and I overcame such a huge obstacle for me, right? Mentally, that wall and the ankle injury. So when I came back the following year, uh, I had just come off of a really crappy performance at uh, Spartan World Championship in Tahoe. Um, that's a whole story too. Oh if you yeah, you will be talking about it. Okay, because there's a really cool how did I get to go to Tahoe story that I need to tell. Okay. But I, I didn't do what I wanted to do at Tahoe. So when I came back and I went to Worlds, I felt good. I, I was prepared. Um, and I just, because I had had that experience the previous year, I thought, you know what? All of this is just icing on the cake. Like, here I am. I'm going to enjoy every moment. I'm going to smile until it hurts my face because this is an amazing place. And um, I lined up against women who I had come to know from the U.S., from, from London, England. It was just, it was such a cool experience. And I don't even know at what point in the race, but at some point in the race, a man at an obstacle said to me, um, because you know, we're in waves and you really don't know where you are in a wave of your age group and who's ahead and whatever. And he said, I think you're in first place. And I thought, okay, and I didn't, I just, you know, kept going and I thought, well, that would be really cool, but who knows? Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I just, I loved every moment. Everything just clicked. I had like a great run day. I had a great obstacle day. Nothing phased me, including all of the walls. Um, everything. Like I didn't fail anything the first time. It was just remarkable. I was on cloud nine, came across the finish line with that little tiny bit in my head, like maybe I am first, but it do I don't know yet, it's not official. I just, I remember just feeling just so incredible. And then a little while later went to the screen, the computer screens they had there and saw that I came first. And then it was just like, yeah, that was to be on, the, on that stage and you know, have a world championship medal. Um, that's pretty friggin' special. So hey, um, that's what I want. Oh. 
That's what I want in Vermont in 2021. Dude, That's what I your, want. Your name's on that. I know how hard you train. Oh my I God, I'm going to get it. Cool, it's mine. Yep. That's it. <laughs> you got it. You were already there. <laughs> Mentally, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Now, 2018, yeah. you participated and competed at the Spartan World Championships in Lake Tahoe. So here's that question. Um, talk to me about that because you almost got a DNF in there. So what mm. happened? What transpired when you were there and uh, you competed? Um, yeah, so that was, I think, the same year as, as Worlds, um, 2017, I think. Um, so I have to go back to kind of how I got there because I had only ever been to Spartan World Championship in Vermont at Killington, yeah. which was which was super fun. Um, but that was really, that was back in the days where you could just kind of go, you could sign up and go, right? Um, then Spartan got all like technical and like, oh, you have to earn your spot and whatever. So I had earned my spot for Tahoe a couple times. But for me, I mean, I'm a mom of three, I'm a teacher. So September right away, like that's school time. Um, my kids are all active in sports. It's not like I have, you know, a lot of means to just say, okay, I'm just going to go and fly to California, whatever. Um, so I didn't go, I never really thought ever I would go to Tahoe. Um, if thought if it comes back to Vermont, I can drive to Vermont. It's an easy weekend. Right. But, um, that particular year, um, when Spartan, they had the state, the points, right. So I had raced a lot and I had always in my master's division, every race I did here in Canada, in, in Eastern Canada, um, I came first in my master's division. So in the, in the overall global standing, I was first in my master's division. And I remember posting that on Facebook when I was really active in, in social media. And I said, you know, it was the end of the season and I was super proud of everything. And I said, oh, I'm finished. Like I'm first in the masters. Why am I not going to Tahoe? And like, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, just left it like no intention of that meaning anything to anyone. Yeah. And I have an angel in California who a woman messaged me who I don't know. I've never seen her. I've never met her. She messaged me and she said, I want you to be in Tahoe. You deserve to be in Tahoe. How can I help you make that happen? Right, dog. <laughs> um, I was blown away. I, I'm like, this is not happening. Like this, there's a, there's a catch. Yeah. There's something wrong with this. Who out there would just say to a total stranger, I'm going to fly you to Tahoe. But she did like legit. And so the instantly the cost of the trip, the expense, I mean, it's still an expense, but so much of it was taken care of for me. And, uh, wow, I was just, I was blown away. And of course, you know, the Spartan team Canada, they want you there, but it's on your own dollar still, you know, like they can give you so many perks, but at the end of the day, you got to get there on your own. So yeah. I went out with some teammates from, uh, from team Canada, Samuel Ebert and I, uh, shared a place and, um, and, I, but okay, so going back to what happened in Tahoe, um, the weekend before I was doing just a trail race and um, it was in early September and I was talking and running with my friend and I inhaled a bug. Ooh. Ooh, Why is that important? It's important because 
I had the bug in my throat and I was coughing because I was like, I'm choking on this bug. And I coughed so hard that I jarred my low back. Well, like, I don't know if I, I don't want to be that old and say I put my back out, but I, I put my back out. <laughs> like I literally couldn't, I couldn't run anymore. Like I had to stop my run and like cripple hobble back to my car a week before and it's funny because the local newspaper here in Hamilton, it, it, there's an article in the paper on me about going to Tahoe. I did um, a radio interview with one of the, the local DJ guys um, that does sports uh, interviews, um, awesome. Scott uh, Rackett. And that's my story. I'm going to go compete in a world championship, but I put my back out. So how am I, how's my body going to do? Yeah. I had no idea. Um, so sure enough, um so much about tahoe was in, like absolutely incredible like we had a bear at our start line i don't know if you ever heard that story there was literally a black bear at the start line what like the the elites are gonna line up and i want to go of course and see off my friends who are in the elite division yeah and everyone's saying like oh my god there's a bear and joe DeSena's over there like trying to scare this bear away from like oh my <laughs> you're just like where am i <laughs> Um, so that was super cool. And then, um, and then towing the line with, again, like just the, well, the, I was in the elite heat, so masters are competing all together, but I'm with like Lindsay and, um, like, well, she's, she's the first and only one I think of usually, but not, not true. Rhea and Faye and, you know, everyone is there. Um, and, uh, the race was okay. It was going, I mean, I didn't know what the elevation would be like. I didn't know if the, if the altitude was going to bother me. Um, I tried to be smart about my race and not go crazy out of the gate and let like people around me dictate the pace. So um, I'm not sure. I think I probably started a little slower than I would have, but my, my, the outcome of that race, um, or how my back impacted that race was on the, on the carries. And if you, uh, Spartan, we know the carries are hard, but yeah. when they have a world championship, the carries are next level. Oh, God. So the bucket, it was bucket first bucket. I got through, but it really bothered my blow back, but I got through it. Then I hit, then I do spear my first spear throw. I miss it. I know, I know I'm going to miss my spear. It's like a given. So my 30 burpees, whatever. Yeah. Um, I got to the top and, um, we had really, really cold temperatures to deal with like much, the, you know, the typical Tahoe situation. So I was freezing. I had like probably mild hypothermia at some point, but I kept pushing through. And then I got to another carry and all I could think of, but was just focusing on the pain in my in my low back and I remember it was a bucket it was a closed bucket and I remember sitting there on top of the bucket on the side of the mountain just like crying and just shivering and I was literally in my head saying you're just done like just yeah. just stop now this is not fun this is hurting you and you know from competing you have a dialogue always right it's like one side says this this side says this blah 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 so i'm back and forth like just stop well you came out here to finish a race how do you go home without a, a finishing medal 
it doesn't matter. It's not important. Blah, blah, blah. Of course it's important. You have all these people that are counting on you. Like, I mean, that's kind of the silly part. Who's counting on me? But, but that's what I told myself, right? This woman who paid for your trip to be there, your family's at home, your students are all wondering, you know, how was it? Are you going to be okay to say I quit? And, and then I decided, no, I wasn't going to be okay. And I looked around at my fellow competitors and I went, they're all doing this. And all of them are in pain. So shut up. Just like, right? Joe, STFU, shut the f up. Get off your butt. Stop crying your pity party and get your ass in gear. Yeah. And I did. For however long I sat there, I got up and I moved again. And I got to the swim, which I was dreading. And I loved it. I came out of that water and I was like on fire. I was like, okay. I just, and I remember pulling back just people like so many places people I had already seen past me I'm passing them get to my next spear throw I failed it I didn't care I did those 30 burpees like a champ and I had and then I was like enjoy this moment it doesn't matter how you finish as long as you finish but enjoy and I looked around and I'm like what an amazing area and so I turned my own DNF into a finish um I didn't even realize until I think I had uh, looked up some results just recently that I was a seventh, maybe seventh masters. I don't know. I, but, but that didn't matter. I, I turned it around and became reminded myself that this stuff is my jam. This is what I love. These, you know, I failed the obstacle at the very end in, in the, in the venue because it was the rig and it was like a baseball and like all these things. And I was tired, but I didn't care. I just did more burpees and, and um, just such a cool place to be though. Very similar to Blue Mountain in terms of the atmosphere, so. That is truly that's, awesome. Thank you for taking me. Listening to your story, it feels like, uh, it feels like I was there. Yeah, well, one day. Well, <laughs> nice if they like move it from there a little bit closer so we could drive, but. Um, but what, everything about like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have told you this story. So when I flew out of Toronto okay. um, to go to, I was flying Toronto, San Fran, San Fran, Reno. And then I had arranged for with Samuel and, and some other people to pick me up at the airport in Reno to go to our, our place at, Blue, at uh, Tahoe. And I get to Toronto airport and the woman's telling me as I'm checking in, she's like, oh, well, you're going to miss your flight. I'm like, what? Like, I'm here, like, hours before. She's like, no, no, your flight in Toronto is now delayed leaving. So you're not going to get to San Fran before your flight that goes to Reno leaves. Oh, wow. I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. I need to be in Tahoe. I have a race. Like, I have... So I'm losing my mind. And so I literally, I ended up... I, I didn't make my flight. They put me up in a hotel in San Francisco... The next day I had to fly out at 11 on, um, I don't know what day of the week it was. It was still before the race, but it just, it, my plans just got totally pulled out from under me. And now I don't even have a ride. Like how am I getting from Reno to Lake Tahoe? Yeah. So do you know what I did? I wore, I wore a Spartan shirt <laughs> and I look around the airport and I'm like, oh, he's a Spartan guy that's a Spartan person, that's a Spartan person. And I just went up to the first person I saw 
and no dis no disrespect to bald people with tattoos, but this guy was like tatted, like sleeves and bald. And I'm like, hey, you going to to Lake Tahoe? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can I get a ride? <laughs> Um, and he was so lovely and he got a, he was um, renting a car and he drove me to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> what what? No, don't tell lucky. my husband that one. <laughs> and I, I'm, his, my, his name is escaping me, but he was such a cool dude. Um, and we had a great time. And, but that's like, that's OCR people, right? Like we have each other's back always. And yeah. That's effing awesome. Yeah, that, that cool. is an awesome story. Now, I mean, wow. <laughs> in 2017 and 2018, you were selected to be a part of the Spartan Canada team. So what were your thoughts? How did it feel when you got that call or you realized that you were selected and now you're part of that, uh, the Spartan team? Yeah, that was, that was really, really, um, that must've been a beauty. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, it was really cool because I kind of, by 2017, it was like, okay, I've been doing this for a while uh, and I'm seeing like people kind of come in and leave the sports. And I mean, you know, I have those stories of like the good old days racing with Claude and Morgan and, you know, like almost like the pioneer pioneers in the sport. And then, and then the evolution of Lindsay Webster, it's just like, damn. Um, yeah. And so in 2017, it was kind of like I was, my name was mentioned, was given to, to Spartan T, uh, Canada um, by Dominic, who I, I adore. And yeah. you, like, I mean, just a gem, that man. Yeah. Um, so I was so honored that he would consider to talk to them about me. Um, and that's how I was able to be on the team for the first year. And then uh, it, it was great. We had like a big team, but I was like, I was the mama, the, or maybe the grandma, but the mama. And so, and Tom, um, uh, patrician from out in BC, he was the other right. masters athlete, the male athlete. So it was really, it was cool to be included with that group of kids. And, um, and I still did okay, you know, competing with them as well. So there's that, but um the following year, then they kind of said, okay, well, we're taking applications and we're narrow, like, we're going to make it a smaller team. So I really thought, even though I had some really good race finishes in that first year, again, most of them were, you know, in the, like in the master's field that Spartan recognized that year for the one and only year, which was awesome. But, um, I put my name in, in any way. And I thought like, let's just see how it goes. And, uh, so to be to be given the opportunity in the following year when it was a much smaller team um, was really really um, uh, uh, just I was a really cool accomplishment that I'm very proud of and awesome. uh, of course the Spartan Canada group were like just a really lovely crew to work with and get to know um, and I wish that we had more I mean I think like all of us who love OCR you just you want the next one and you don't want it to be too far away like. So if we could have races every weekend and, and only drive an hour or two hours, that'd be awesome. But just the nature of it is realize, you know, there's only a limited number here and there's some out West and I didn't get to travel out West to any, I kind of, you know, wish that I had have taken those opportunities when they were there. But um, yeah, definitely being a part of team Canada was something I just, um, I, I have really fond memories of that and I'm uh, pretty proud of that one. 
you know, no, I, I, I hear you. I wish we had more races, but I know that in 2021, we got one more. So now we're going to have a total of eight because we're going to, one of them is going to be a winter race. So let's see what happens. Now we went you over. Heard it first, people. Yeah. We went over your accomplishments uh, and your many titles there, like a teacher, a mother of three, runner, ultra runner, um, trail runner, marathoner, all Sierra lead athlete and all. You know, a lot of people f struggle to find a balance. How do you manage to do it all? I don't manage. <laughs> okay. I mean, so right. I'm going to keep it real because that's how I am with you, with 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 life. But um, so when I look back now, which I think is important that there is a, a reflection piece to any, you know, maybe it's to after a season. Um, for me, it was kind of the reflection of my OCR time. Um, okay. My kids, I mean, they're teenagers now, right? So 13, 14, and 16 now. But when I was in my height of OCR, every, pretty much every weekend or every second weekend of my summer, I traveled. Um, and I didn't really, it came from a place that I look at back now and think um, it was a selfish place because I missed out on a lot. And I have a husband who, he knew I was important to me and he never ever said no, cause I, we don't have that relationship. It was never gonna be a no, you can't. Um, but when I look back now, I wasn't balancing very well. You know, I, I did miss out on stuff because I had, you know, one particular weekend, I remember I was away racing. He was away doing something um, for, for football coaching maybe. Um, and every one of my three kids was with somebody else because they have their things and they need to be driven to their practices and their t games and whatever. And at the time I was so in it that I thought I didn't think of it being wrong or abnormal. Right. Yeah. Because I was getting to do this thing. I, I had no idea I had passion for until it was in, you know, that, until I was doing it. And I was good at it and I was getting this um, acknowledgement that felt really freaking good. And, you know, I guess I know in a way, I, I, I don't think I would change any of that except to have a bit more mindfulness of my family. Um, you know, and it's so funny that I, I think of this now because my daughter mentioned it just two hours ago. She's 14. And on her uh, probably 10th birthday, okay. um, I took her with me. I had the, all three kids with me on a road trip. We went to, you might've been at the race. It was uh, Saint, uh, Mont Saint-Marie in, in Quebec, yeah. Spartan yes. race. And so I stayed in Quebec. I picked my friend up, Michelle, at the airport in Quebec. She came up to visit from Nova Scotia. It was the summer. And okay, we get up and we're driving now an hour or so to the race venue. So everybody up, let's go. We're getting out of the hotel. Don't forget anything. I get everyone in the car. We're driving. I have pre-race mind. It's all I can think about. And we're literally pulling out of the hotel parking lot. And my daughter, my 10-year-old says, mommy, did you forget it's my birthday today? Mother of the Year Award. Oh, yeah, right here, Cynthia, <laughs> And you know what, Juan Carlos? I 
I stopped the car, I got out, I, because I, I, I did, I did, because I was so focused on what I had yeah. going on. I know. And so she has never forgot. She doesn't let a year go by. Every birthday I hear it, but for some reason tonight I heard it. It was, I don't know why. I mean, my daughter, my, my kids, I love them, but yeah. It, I know that. So today I, I don't want to pretend I balanced everything because I didn't. I didn't do a great job at it. I am much more aware now that you have to, and I say this to all the moms out there, you have to do stuff that, that, that you feel good about, right? Your job as a mom can't be that's it because there's more to you than that. And so I totally support, you know, having a passion and putting time and effort into that. Absolutely. Um, but the, being aware that your presence with your family, um, there's gotta be, there has to be a balance. And so, you know, I'm still a mom and I'm, I'm, my kids still talk to me and my husband still talks to me. So we <laughs> did work it out. We worked it out, but it, it's, it's not easy. It's um, not. And I tell you from a father's point of view, I swear to God, it, I agree with you because it's very true. I went through it as well, where you got, I got so wrapped up on this little bubble of mine. My, my focus and my drive was just OCR and, and becoming the best. And then I started to realize, oh, wait, uh, I'm forgetting something. Uh, mm -hmm. The wife, the kids, yeah. uh, those special moments. I'm missing it yeah. Why? because I'm so focused on myself. I'm, I'm not being respectful. So I truly understand. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that can relate to that. And it's yeah. not an easy thing to balance and to manage, but you, you know, you do your best um, and yep. make the best of it. Now, in your bio, <laughs> uh, you listed seven epic fails. And <laughs> one of them, or two of them, you- Only seven? What? <laughs> yes, I know. I was like, what? There should be 20 here. <laughs> oh, more. <laughs> but we talked, to, see, recently, um, uh I went out to Burlington um, oh. to Dundas. Wasn't it Dundas? Ancaster. Dundas, yes. Ancaster, whatever. I was there recently, last week, I think it was, and we went out running. And you and I, we ran alongside each other, and you were telling me some of uh, two of your most epic fails, um, which were, well, Battle Frog and, and, uh, and what transpired in, uh, in both of them. So now, out of the seven that you mentioned here in your bio, which one is which one stands out the most which is your epic fail that one thing that just that one race that just stands out like a sword? um oh because there's there's probably there's definitely two <laughs> but um so i mean like the fails are fails but it's the lesson that i learned from them right that, that that stands out so um so the the one that I'll mention is um, is the Battle Frog race, um, and it's the you know it was a rig which I had experience doing um, before, and because of the nature of the course, it was a two loop. So I'd already gone through it. So you kind of think like, you know, you get complacent, you get like, oh psh, yeah, I got that. Uh, and so I was on my way to the finish line, about three obstacles away from the finish line and, um, was going to finish as second masters in that day and in the race and, you know, felt pretty good about that. 
and I just ended up struggling at this rig with uh, the same parts point every single time that I didn't struggle with the first time through. Um, and so during that, I couldn't understand like why, you know, but when I look back, it was like, well, you were way more fatigued than you expected to be at that point. Um, the race took me longer. I had no nutrition. I had no water. Um, it was hot, blah, blah. I could make excuses all day, but the bottom line was that that rig got the better of me. Um, but I, the, to say I quit or to say I give up is really, really a hard, it's hard for me. It's hard for ever, probably yeah. half the people listening here or maybe all of them. It's, it's a, a hard, hard thing to get defeat, especially when you pride yourself in being strong and being able to, you know, tackle all of your, all of your fears, you know? So, um, and I remember that because you speak of that race, you spoke of that race, Battle Frog, with, uh, I think it was your interview with, with Jesse, um, no, no, sorry, not Jesse, maybe Jay recently or John and, and Ian, but regardless, you said, you remember looking around, you were, you were at a rig and you're looking at all these alpha people and who are these, all these alpha people? And I, I laughed because they were there at that rig because I was there, which then that tells you who these people are. These people are people who have your back um, I mean, it's, it's one Academy now and, and no disrespect at all. It's just, there really was something special about alpha. Um, and maybe just because more of my affiliation, my connection with them, because I, I don't travel to Toronto much now anymore. And so, um, but regardless, every member of alpha, when they saw what's happening, what's happening, well, Cynthia's at the rig. Well, what's wrong? Like, why can't she get through it? And they came out to support me for hours. Hours. Um, I have to correct my my amazing friend John Loney, who in his interview with you said I was probably there for an hour. Are you fucking kidding me? I was there for four, four hours. I had blood coming off of my hands. I had rips. I had half sunstroke. It was it was very memorable because of that um, that amount of like just struggle, I guess, because I couldn't get through this. And I had to tell them, I had to decide to quit and give up my band. Um, and it's funny because anytime I would do a Spartan race, if I fail something and you do your burpees, you're like, damn it. Like I just, why can't I do, why can't I do it one more time? Right? Like, you know, hold off, let me do this one more time, not the burpees right away. But then you put yourself in that situation where Sure, go ahead. Do it as many times as you want until you quit. And it's like, I think burpees are way easier than quitting, you know? Um, so that, that was a really epic fail for me uh, because I did end up uh, giving up my wristband and I gave up my spot on the podium. And I, wa I, know, I, I walked across the finish line feeling very unsatisfied with my day. Um, but I learned. And I learned that yeah. you don't take things for granted just because you can do one rig perfectly one time. Doesn't mean the next time you go through it. Um, I upped my training on, on grip strength. I upped my technique on transition. And uh, so this was the beginning of July. And within a month when I went, I believe it was to Owl's Head in August. Um, I did master of the rig when I, when I arrived on the race race uh site the venue um they dom had set up his master of the rig competition 
And I'm like, damn, that's just, that's all, that's my jam. So uh, I won that that night and I attribute that and that mentality to how much training I put in after I failed that battle frog rate, like over and over and over oh, yeah. and over again. So, you know, that yeah. you and I, we have a lot of friends um, uh, and uh, well, and it was alpha and now a lot of them went to and uh, support and uh, train out of uh, one Academy. Um, one. And mm -hmm. I love that team. Uh, even till now, I remember going mm -hmm. to alpha and of course, I mean, before that was the old course where me and Jesse had met, but uh, going to Alpha and supporting them and then all of us doing that race outside and doing that one loop mm -hmm. and running out there. But it was just a beautiful, memorable moment. And I look at Jesse and uh, it's amazing how far we've all come. Um, what would be, what is your most memorable race? You know, so I guess if you were to say obstacles, um, blue, my Blue Mountain race, just because it was that true time when it was like everything just gelled for me. Um, but from a non-obstacle standpoint, um, a race I did that I had told myself for years and years and years, I could never, you know, it's that head. I could, ne I could never do that. Um, and that was the hundred mile, my ultra, uh, that I did here in Dundas Valley. Um, I've, I mean, I've lived here for a long time and I've done the Sulphur Springs. I went from 10 K race, 25 K race. I eventually I got my courage up to do the 50 K race. Then one year, the year I did, I think I did 50 K for two years in a row before I went into the 50 miler. But for years, I would go back to that course. Uh, either, you know, wake up Sunday morning at 5 a.m. and I would go down to the course and to watch the 100-mile people because, like, I could not imagine what they were doing. And to me, they were all these, like, they were just heroes. They were just people that were so incredible. I would cry when I would see them and I would, like, just high-five. And, and I did that year after year. I would go down and see them because they amazed me. And... Um, at one point I met a few of, of the guys who are ultra runners, um, Jeff Rothorn and Dion and talking to them about their hundred mile experiences and whatever. And this just, this thought came in my head, like, look at them. They're, they're normal people. They're not superheroes. They don't wear capes. They're not, you know, they're just normal people. So why do you think you can't do it? And so I signed up, like, I thought, okay, like, let's see. And so to me, finishing that hundred mile um, was probably my most memorable because that's a lot of hours. <laughs> and there was not one moment of those 20 hours that I thought I couldn't. Every, every step I took, I knew I could. You know, and it was, and I mean, that doesn't happen alone. That happens with a team of people. My boy Loney was my crew lead. Um, all my friends were there like for hours and hours and hours bringing me whatever I wanted, whatever I had planned for in my, in my spreadsheet. Um, so th that success I had was, was very much in, in uh, owed to those people. But um, 
it, it was just such a memorable race because it, to me, it just really defined if you believe it, it you know, it, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Right. There's so many sayings, right? Henry Ford, if you believe, like all of those. And I believed I could. And not once did I struggle with that belief. I had pain. I had, I hobbled, I limped, I, you know, but I always believed I was going to finish. And so to finish, um, I think I was, I was fifth across the line. That was kind of a funny race too, because when you finish the race at, you know, whatever time it was, 10 to two in the morning, the only people there at the finish line to celebrate are your, your crew, <laughs> my husband and my really close friends. And that's it. So it's kind of like all this stuff you do to cross the finish line and where's all the people at, <laughs> you know, they're not there, but, um, yeah. but it, it just, it just proved to me that when you set your limitations, um, that's what you're going to work towards. So, so stop, you know, stop limiting yourself. Your potential is massive. I mean, we have incredible people in our world. Uh, I'm a fan of, it's probably controversial to say, but I'm a fan of David Goggins because of that, because he strips away that mental barrier and just goes for it and, and, and recognizes the human body is so freaking capable if you just let go of, I can't, you know, have a bit of courage and yeah, you have to train for sure. But if you believe you can achieve any something, then you can. No, that's, I agree. Uh, that was uh, no, but you are inspiring. And uh, just listening to you makes me want to get out there and run and go do a hundred. Yeah. Miles. Let's go for a run right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> now, <laughs> What can we expect from you when the season starts in 2021? Uh, oh. Your goals, are you going to be racing? I hope to hell I'm racing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what races because I'm a little nervous. To, uh, Why? You know, 2020, Why you nervous? Because the world's not quite right. <laughs> um, okay. That's okay. I just mean like to say, you know, I'm not, I don't have anything on my calendar because I don't know what there is going to be. Um, you know, 2020 itself, I, uh, I was probably one of the lucky ones. I actually got to do a race, like an actual real race in October, um, which was awesome. But um, other than that, it was just me setting, you know, little challenges for myself along the way um, and, uh, and doing some virtual races or whatever. But yeah. I mean, if there is a, a sort of a normal race calendar, um, I definitely wanted to go back to OCR. Um, I really had planned or had wanted to do the Blue Mountain Ultra. Um, one, because the running Blue Mountain is just so amazing and I, I wanted to get back up there. Um, and I think my strength lies in the ultra distance where uh, I can just kind of push and and again, grind it out instead of being speedy because I'm not speedy. <laughs> but you know, do let me rephrase that. I mean, when the season starts, meaning that when COVID is also out of the way and we can right. get back to that normalcy, that that normal life, and then going back to that Spartan 
races that we're all used to where we high, you know give each other hugs uh, high fives and then you know go, getting back to that and the season mm-hmm. starting in 2021 that's what i meant of course yeah. If COVID's still here, I mean, there's not going to be a lot of places. I mean, I think we all know that. Yeah. I truly hope that that does happen because uh, I'm I'm not a fan of this new uh, uh, of of I guess this new OCR product that we got uh, lined up right now. Even at Savage races and a few Spartan races. I mean, just yesterday they just canceled the the Spartan European Championships 12 hours before the race. I don't know if you heard that. Oh my God, no. Everybody traveled. Everybody was there ready to perform. <gasps> and no um, health officials called it off. They didn't even bother to um, check it out for themselves to see if, you know, if, if there's a possibility because a lot of people had traveled. They spent a lot of money. No, mm-hmm. they waited 12 hours to call it off. Wow. That's, re- that's really disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I whatever this new normal becomes is what it becomes. It's we, we have to kind of live with what it is. So um, I'm not, I'm not going to rush out and sign up to anything. I'm probably going to be more um, when I feel like something is certain that I'll sign up. Um, I think uh, like right now, I just, I, I had a pretty solid January to end of November, pretty much December, um, block of training so taking december to just kind of have fun uh, i do want to return to my strength stuff though i have missed that recently um it, it's hard i mean when you when you devote time to just trail racing or trail running to become a better trail racer um squeezing in the heavy carries and the you know the pull-ups and the grip strength um when there's no OCR necessarily to train for, it just kind of becomes like easy to say, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. So I mean, my, my poor monkey bars in my backyard are are so neglected right now that uh, they probably won't even let me on them the next time I try to go out. But, uh, but I, I, I mean, I do miss that. So I think, um, I mean, I certainly think my trail racing will support me in OCR, but, um, if there's something in the spring um, and summer that, that can come up, um, then I, I definitely want to be back in the mix. And I, uh, I think I'm still part of this um, uh, Obstacle Course Canada um, group that we're, we were trying to establish the National Race Series, or the National Race rather, last uh, summer um, with uh, Tom Patrician. So yeah, that... Yeah, so that that didn't obviously go, but um, you know when we come back to the so. the, uh, the table to talk about that, what that might look like in twenty twenty one, then I hope I'm in the conversation. So I hope so because yeah, um, yeah. hopefully I can. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reach out to Tom so we can talk to him about that. But uh, yes, unfortunately, it didn't happen in twenty twenty. So let's see what happens in a new year. Um, you know. Um, Regarding, you know, COVID and then you having this time off and then training, you know, I've been doing the same thing. And I really enjoyed coming out to run with you and the Burlington crew um, or, you know, Jay West and Keith and Boros and everybody. Uh, it was fun. You guys yeah. really opened your arms and embraced me and took me out for a nice scenery around uh, that trail park. And I loved it. And I can't wait to go back. Yeah. Um, so, and I love that 
he took me for a 5k run when you guys had left he took jay took me for a 5k run and we did that one hill oh did my you god did Bruce hill? yeah oh my god I, I thought it wasn't gonna end my legs were burning. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I need oxygen. No, you don't have hills where you live, do you, kid? Come on out. I, have, I love you know, it. Right out of my door, out of my front door, I have to go up a hill every day. Every day there's a hill on my way out. But I uh, it. yeah. I told you I got to come back. Yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, I can take oh, you yeah. on. I'm going to reach out to you guys soon. Uh, hopefully in a week or two, I'll be back. That'd be awesome. Um, is there any, well, no, sorry. Let me rephrase that. If people are looking to find out more about you, where can they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I have, um, I'm not very active on social media. Um, I, have I, know, a, I just realized that <laughs> it's funny though, Juan Carlos, because I very much was, I was like, I used to be an addict. I'm sure everything I did got posted and if it didn't post, it didn't happen. Right. That's the mentality. But, um, you know, when I, when I got injured, uh, last, so a year and a half ago, um, I couldn't run. I didn't run for six months and I knew I don't want to see what people are doing. And that comes, that sounds totally selfish and I get it. If people think like, yeah, she is a dick, but I, for my own, for my own mental health, I had, I couldn't look right. It was like, it, so I got hurt on a Tuesday before Toronto Spartan on Saturday. So I had to like shut down. I don't, I, I love my, my friends. I want to celebrate what they're doing, but I was in such a negative place that I, I just pulled social media off every device and, and then ended up realizing like, wow, I kind of like this. So um, to be truthful, yeah, you could go on Facebook and look at my athlete page, Cynthia Campanero. You could look at my personal page. You could look at, I think Instagram is OCR mama, but you're not going to see anything from probably and like <laughs> anything recent in the last year and a half. Um, I'm on Strava. That's pretty much the only thing I'm on. And, and, uh, and that can, that can be a tough place too. <laughs> but, oh my God. And I'm on whoop. I love, I love my whoop except right now my loop. My whoop does not love this. <laughs> and I know my recovery tomorrow is going to say, wah, 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 because I have drank wine. It's going to say, why did you drink? Thank you. I know, <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, it, man. Um, but yeah, so Strava is just my name, Cynthia Campanero, and um, yeah, it's kind of my my substitute for social media. It's very much smaller uh, venue, but I do like it a lot. Yeah, and I so. know that, that you're there a lot. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah, you're there a lot, and you you're, you're running a lot. You're staying fit, which is great. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, for me, yeah. it's great to see that. That's awesome. Now, Cynthia, it's been a true pleasure uh, talking to you, learning so much more about you. Like, I mean, you are truly an inspirational athlete. Uh, all the way, I mean, going back to, what is it, 2014 when you started? 2012. 2012? My God, that's 2012 is when I met yeah. Jesse. I know. Wow. Some people boring so my first race i met jesse he uh he was the crazy ass guy who i was on the podium with and he finished the race in one shoe i'm like who's this guy 
He has one shoe on and he's waving his big flag. Do <laughs> you remember just... when his shoes got stolen? I, we were in Montreal. Oh, yeah. And he had to wear somebody else's shoes for the Come race. On. That was Southhead, wasn't and it? He, I think it was. And he had these huge, um, uh, what do they call it? Yeah, and on his heels, he um, well, blisters. I mean, yeah, blisters. They were huge from huge. wearing your shoes or someone else's shoes <laughs> yeah. in the race, and he still won. Uh, Jesse Bruce, if you're listening, I love you and I miss <sighs> you. Love so, the guy. Um, uh, and so let heart. me finish this. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's truly inspirational. I love. You know, I, I've, I've been looking forward to this episode, and I'm so glad. And, and you know honored to have you on it's just been so much fun learning so much i wish you all the best in your training uh i can't wait to come out again uh out to ancaster uh and run with you and the crew um and i can't wait also when the season starts and we can all get back to racing and seeing you at that start line and cheering for you and supporting you uh, and the wife we love you and we think you're you're just an awesome athlete for everybody listening and watching you guys man, she's just a talented athlete i mean you guys um look her up learn more about her if not reach out to her and ask her any questions um other than that cynthia thank you so much for uh making time to keep with me today thank you and uh, enjoy the rest of your night thank you happy holidays you too and you and the family be safe yeah Thanks, you too.